Support accounting instruction by clicking the link below, giving you a free month membership to all of the content on our website, broken out by category, further broken out by course. Each course then organized in a logical, reasonable fashion, making it much more easy to find what you need than can be done on a YouTube page. We also include added resources such as Excel practice problems, PDF files, and more like QuickBooks backup files when applicable. So once again, click the link below for a free month membership to our website and all the content on it. Personal finance presentation credit services. Prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance. We're continuing on with our types of financial services. We're going to take a step back and look at the categories of financial services and then zoom back in to the credit services. So taking a step back, types of financial services include the categories of cash availability. We talked about in a prior presentation, payment services. We looked at in a prior presentation, saving services in a prior presentation. Now we're focusing in on the credit services. We also have investment services and other services focusing in here on the credit services the categories of credit services we're looking into will be the credit cards the cash advances auto loans education loans mortgages and home equity loans so when we're thinking about types of credits these are some of the common credit categories for personal investors for personal finance Starting with the credit card, we're going to be comparing and contrasting the credit card and the debit card, two things often used for similar processes as we make our daily types of transactions. But there are, of course, differences we want to be aware of, including the credit cards are debt instruments while the debit cards are not. So the credit card is a debt instrument. The debit card is not a debt instrument unless a checking account allows an overdraft. Uh, the debit cards can only spend the money available in their bank account. So in other words, when you're using the, the debit card as opposed to the credit card, because it's linked to the bank account, you're limited to the amount in the bank account to use the debit card unless they allow an overdraft, which in essence means that you allow it to go somewhere beyond the negative the balance so that you would have a negative balance which in essence means that you have a negative balance and you owe the bank at that point in time because you've overdrafted the account a standard debit card is linked to their checking account so normally the debit card is going to be linked to a checking account however a prepaid debit card is not now you could have a debit card that's not linked to the checking account in other words because it's going to be instead prepaid and you got some prepaid amount that you can be paying out of a debit card. A credit card is linked to a line of credit offered by the company that issued the card. So the credit card, on the other hand, is linked to the line of credit. So the company is taking on more risk by giving you a credit card because the credit card is not linked directly to a checking account. They're extending you credit for some time period. You might pay off that on a monthly basis, lowering, if not removing, the interest and penalties that would be involved on the card clearly whenever you're thinking about credit you're thinking about paying for credit because what you have there is an advance of money in essence you're you're renting basically the purchasing power of the money for doing that just like if you were to rent anything else if you were to rent an apartment or an office building you are renting the use of something in this case you're renting the purchasing power of the money and you're going to pay it back in the future then you got to pay the rent on it which is going to be the interest on it if you pay that on a monthly basis 
then you're then you should be having the low to no interest payments generally depending on how the credit card terms are going to be set up and of course the longer the credit card balance is going to be out then you're, you're going to be extending the the rent on the money which would be the interest on the money whereas of course the debit card is kind of the safer way to go because that means you're restricting yourself to simply the money in your savings account credit cards can help build credit history while debit cards will not now this is one kind of legitimate reason why you would say hey i'm i'm not going to just restrict myself to the amount in my checking accounts because i would like to use the credit card because the credit card can actually increase my credit which seems weird if you think about it because it's kind of a perverse type of incentive seems strange that your credit your credit scores will go up because you have debt as opposed to saying your credit court score you know you would think that if you if you don't have debt and you've you've never really needed debt because you've stayed within what is in your checking account then that would be a sign of reliability but what the credit score is doing is they're trying to they're trying to see how reliable it is that you will repay the bet the debt and for some reason the the fact that you've never had debt before isn't a, a good indication they think it's going to be a higher indication if you've actually had debt and you paid it back in a timely fashion so it would even if you have the money to pay it off it could be useful to buy stuff on credit and attempt to basically build up the credit score so that when you want to use the credit on a larger type of purchase possibly for like a home or something like that you have the maximum credit score in order to get your maximum terms on it then we have the cash advances that's a type of short-term loan uh, it is often used by a credit card company it usually involves high interest rates so when you're thinking about the cash advances they're not something that you typically would want to do you're getting an advance unless you have to of course if you need the cash right there then you want the cash advance but you got to remember that that type of credit financing will typically come with higher rent on the money because it's a more risky short-term type of financing so you got to be you know careful and mindful of when those cases when you need basically a cash advance so other types of cash advances include merchant cash advances alternative loans for businesses and payday loans which have very high rates and pro are prohibited in many states so some sometimes these types of loans the payday loans and, and these kinds of kinds of things give quick cash in the in the immediate and they've got a lot of scrutiny because that type of business will result in higher interest rates especially if you're talking about loans that are small in denomination small in dollar amounts and you've got a high risk that the loan will be paid back then the only way that a company can can provide that service generally is to charge high interest rates because there's going to be a high rate of default which of course when you look at it from a policy standpoint people that aren't involved in those types of loans i think in particular could say that uh, that that's that they're cheating in in that way so then they actually limit the the ability to have those types of loans out there which could actually limit people's need access to cash for the only kind of way they can actually get the cash possibly so they're not places that you generally want to go because you you want to set your finances up so that you're not in a situation where you need these short-term loans that have a high interest uh, rate but if you happen to be in a situation where you need a short-term loan that has a high interest rate it'd be nice if you know you had that option so a credit card cash advance should not directly harm your credit score so a cash advance shouldn't have a harmful impact on your credit score as long as you pay it back but they can harm it indirectly by lifting your outstanding balance and your credit utilization ratio which is a factor in this credit score so when you're thinking about your credit scores 
you know, obviously there's a, a range of factors that will go into it. So then we have the auto loans. The auto loans allow you to borrow money to purchase a car or a truck. So we're talking about a loan in order to purchase the car or truck, quite common. They are usually uh, simple interest loans that are to be paid back over a period of three or five years. We have then the education loans. Education loans, a sum of money borrowed to finance post-secondary education or higher. So we're thinking about college and higher generally when we're thinking about the education loans. They are intended to cover the cost of tuition, books and supplies and living expenses while the borrower is pursuing a degree. Payments are often deferred while students are in college. So oftentimes the idea being that while in college, the hope is that uh, that you don't have as well you don't have as much money generally while in college. That's why you need the loans to pay for the high costs of college at a point in time where you're not generating revenue because you're spending your time hopefully learning something that is going to help you to generate revenue after college. And therefore, after college, hopefully you have the skills then to to do something in order to repay the loan would be the general idea. So depending on the lender, sometimes payments are deferred for an additional six month period after earning a degree. So they might be even extended after earning a degree for six months. Again, the idea being that time would be there to get a job and whatnot, at which point you'd have the funds, the money coming in to repay the rent on the loan as well as the principal of the loan uh, at that point in time. Although there are a variety of education loans, they can be broken down generally into two basic types. So when you're thinking about education loans, the first ones are generally, they come to mind, are federal loans uh, sponsored by the federal government. And then you also have private loans for education loans. Next, we have the mortgages uh, versus the home equity loans. So we're thinking about mortgages. We can compare and contrast the mortgage and the home equity loan. These, of course, would be loans with relation to a home purchase, which is a huge uh, decision or, or a huge choice or a huge component within personal finances for many people. So mortgages and home equity loans are both loans where the borrower pledges the property as collateral. So clearly the idea of, of the home equity loan, the reason they're supposed to be quite secure is the fact that the bank gives the loan but if they you default on the loan, then the collateral is the home. That's why people say that basically, you know, the bank owns part of my home or something like that. I don't that's not exactly the way you want to think of it, of course, because the bank, you know, you took a loan out, you own the home, the loan is taken out. And if you default on the loan, then then there's going to be recourse with the collateral uh, of, of the home generally. So that's going to be that's going to be basically the idea. And obviously, when you think about it from the banking side of things, it's, it's a huge investment, generally a high, a high amount. And usually they're going to want like a down payment usually because that down payment means that, that uh, you, you've on, on the home means that the value of the home hopefully is going to be higher than the loan value, even if there's some kind of decline in, in the market so they can secure the, the, the loan in that case. So what, so one difference is the borrower takes out a home equity loan when they already own or have equity in the property. So when you're looking at a, at a home equity loan, you're talking about a, a loan when you already have, you know, an interest in the property. So in other, in other words, when you're thinking about the property, of course, you're thinking about when I purchase the home, that's when I'm going to usually need financing. I'm going to need a mortgage 
in order to purchase the home generally. And then at some future point, you might be saying, hey, look, I've got a 30-year loan. I paid it down for like 10 or 15 years. I need money right now, possibly. Possibly I want to improve on the home or something like that. And I would like to take a loan out for that. In that case, you can think of the same kind of instance. You could say, hey, look, I have equity on the loan. And can't I just simply use the loan, the home in a similar fashion, considering I have value in it to back up or support another loan that I could use possibly to, to increase the value of the home. Now, as you do this, note that tax laws changes and laws as to what you can do with the money that you that you borrow and so on and so forth. You want to make sure that you're using it appropriately and taking into consideration the tax considerations and the laws related to it. But lenders may allow you to to mortgage up to 80% of the home's value. So that's that's normally kind of the standard. You could have differences and fluctuations as policies change. But normally, if you're on the bank side of things, you would expect that they, they'd say, hey, look, you, you as long as you're basically financed, you financed yourself, you're into it at 20%, meaning the loan is 80% of the home, the bank feels fairly secure that you, you are committed to it because you put 20% of a very large component of, of your financial budget into it. And they're fairly concerned that they're fairly secure that if you were to remove yourself from it, meaning default on the loan, that the home still has value over and above what the loan amount is, even if the market goes down. So it is possible for home equity, as we've seen in the past, to go down, although we hope that it goes up constantly forever. That's not generally going to happen. But even if it went down, you would think you would think that uh, it would still, if you had 20% covered, the bank would still be okay. That's going to be their, their, their general idea. And note that the bank, of course, doesn't want doesn't want to actually take value of the home because they're not a mortgage company. They don't want to have to sell the home generally. What they want to do is is basically make sure that the people that are they're getting the loan are committed to the loan. That's what the deposit's for. So they're into it for that amount and that they have, the, you know, of course, the safeguard in the event that a default happened. So the percent uh, you can borrow via home equity loan depends on how much of the home you own outright.